The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, we still want to talk about saving because the government is set to, to uh, organise a new sovereign wealth fund to manage the bumper corporation tax receipts, which are expected to exceed €12 billion Euro this year alone and perhaps over €65 billion in surplus cash over the next five years. So is the time right to create that sovereign wealth fund? And if so, what should it be used for? I'm joined by economist Colin McCarthy and by Jed Nash, TD for Louth and Mead. East and Labour Party spokesman on finance, public expenditure and reform. Good morning and welcome to you both. Column, first of all, the money, what should we do with it? Well, we should stop calling it a sovereign wealth fund for a very boring uh, arithmetical reason. Uh, the Irish sovereign debt is £225 billion and there's about £40 billion in financial assets of different kinds. So the net sovereign debt is £185 billion. And so setting, should we just pay it off, hold, if we can, in hold, bits? Hold on a second. <laughs> setting up an over-leveraged hedge fund and getting civil servants to play Dallas with public money is not the obvious thing that you do in those circumstances. And as the Fiscal Council and the Central Bank have been pointing out, uh, the surplus corporation tax revenue could disappear over the next few years. You just don't know. It's only a decade since the Irish government couldn't borrow a red cent and we ended up in an IMF programme. And I don't think that's the most likely thing to happen in the next few years, but you couldn't rule it out. And it's really important that people cut out this delusionary talk about sovereign wealth. This is not Norway. This is a country which has a very substantial net sovereign debt. Norway has a, a very good positive surplus. No, they have... Assets. Surplus is a, is a current thing. A balance sheet thing is assets. They can't spend the money fast enough because there's oil and gas and all that stuff. Uh, so they have to invest. They are forced to invest this money and they've decided to invest it on a long view. And they've set up a structure for doing that. Uh, it is an affectation by politicians to pretend that Ireland is Norway, unless they've discovered a, a gold mine. There is, the wind. Uh, uh, well, now, <laughs> the wind you, off the west. Th- there you go, yeah. I, I remember when the Atlantic was full of oil and gas and the government was accused of giving away our very valuable oil and gas. Now it's full of wind and there's always something out in the Atlantic. And we are giving that away too because in, we're depending on uh, private companies to set up and uh, hopefully flog it to us at a price we like. No, the private companies are trying to get the government and the consumers to pay for the infrastructure that they don't want to have to pay for. So there's a, the, the, they're in the queue for subsidies, as always. But, but to get back to the Sovereign Wealth Fund, what should the government do? You need to be clear, what contingency is it that you are preparing for. And the public relations stuff is that on a 20-year view or a 30-year view, we're going to have a lot more people out on pensions and elderly and stuff like that. And we need to have a few bob to pay them. Now, you could address that properly, for example, by raising the pension age, but that frightens voters, so you, you can't be doing things like that. However... The immediate contingency is that there could be a repeat of what happened in 2010 when the Department of Finance and the National Treasury Management Agency could not finance the state. 
and we had to run off to the International Monetary mm-hmm. Fund and the and the European uh, institutions and into a three-year adjustment okay. program. Now, I don't think that's a likely contingency. Well, but it is in, in a possible year. scenario. It's the one that you, you always protect against the low probability but disastrous events. Yeah. It's so like what is your view then, if, if it amounted, say, in five years to 65 billion and we haven't had any let, catastrophes, let, let, do you stick it in the bank and just let, hold it? Let the net sovereign debt decline. But then, if, you know, what, what, you owe 185 billion after uh, at the yeah, moment. Yeah. Take 60 off that. You now 120. Yeah. Then we have a catastrophe, and we're going around looking for more money. No, well, I, okay, but but if you have the net debt down to 120, let's say, the likelihood that you'll be pushed out of the bond market is lower. That's the whole point. Okay. The, 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 your balance sheet. But is there any is case for parking some of the money and just having it in case we run out, you know, over a weekend when the, somebody the, devalues something or. But the way to park it is to reduce your liabilities, your net liabilities. It's rather as if you have a great big mortgage and it's a lot and you're kind of struggling to pay it and then you win the lottery. What do you do? You pay off a bit of the mortgage. Now, Jed, what do you want to do with the money? Colm believes we should reduce our uh, national debt substantially. It's it's coming down anyway, and in terms of the trajectory of growth that we're on, it will come down substantially uh, over the next <clears throat> 10 years. I think there's no doubt about that. Um, the principle of a form of wealth fund... No, right? Hang on a second, I want to mm. just figure this out. You're saying it's going to come down naturally, how, how so? I mean, if we're not paying it off, we're only paying interest at the moment. How does that national debt come down? Well, 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 we'll be paying off more than interest. And I mean, we know that debt is rolled over and refinanced all of the time. We're in a high interest rate environment at the moment. And inevitably, those interest rates will come down. They're coming down. They will come down over the next couple of years. So if you just park that for a moment and look actually at what the kind of key demands are at the moment, we have a chance now, I think, to do some really transformational things for our society. For the first time in our history, we can, I think, correctly categorise ourselves as wealthy. So depending on what we do with the resources we have at the moment and the excess uh, corporation tax, the windfall tax receipts that we have, we can actually sustain that prosperity, I think, into the future and do things that we really want to do for a long, Such long time. Okay. So I do believe that there is, in principle, um, an argument for retaining some of those receipts, investing them in what we might describe as a supercharged ISIF, a strategic interest, uh, an Irish strategic interest infrastructure fund, that's actually performed reasonably well over the last few years, to invest, for example, in uh, Irish SMEs. We know that Irish SMEs are generally not as productive as uh, those in comparable countries. We know the productivity levels are low. But they're not we know a, that there's a, a huge state aid argument against uh, doing that n- in the n- No, because the ICF do that anyway. I mean, they've returned at 10.7% for the last year for which we have figures. So what we need to do as well, I think, and just park that, because there's a number of things we can do with the excess receipts outside of what government should normally do in terms of the normal run of investment to improve public services and so on. One of the problems, and the reason why, in principle, we agree that a portion of the excess should be salted away into an investment fund uh, and saved up for the future, is because of our very recent memory of the implications of the crash. And Colin has written, actually, quite elegantly uh, over the last period of time, for a number of years, in fact, about how capital 
capital investment always suffers when there's a downturn. I think what we need to do is take the advice of the likes of the National Economic and Social Council and say, right, salt some money away, invest it, and then hive that off so we can actually invest in a counter-cyclical fashion when a downturn uh, happens, which it inevitably will, so we'll be better prepared for that downturn. We remember what happened from 2008 on. Capital investment was mm. absolutely destroyed, and we're paying the price of that now. Um, so, so what, what we could projects do, do you have in mind? What we could do, for example, and we're, we're doing some thinking internally in the Labour Party about this at the moment, because of the vicissitudes of the housing market, always, and our over-reliance on the private market to deliver. One of the things that we could actually look at is creating, for example, a next generation of commercial semi-state companies that would comply, by the way, with European state aid rules. One of the key problems we have in housing is that when there's a housing downturn, we don't have the resources then to build. So we could actually sustain, develop and sustain, for example, a national state building company with all of this talents, the skills and the resources to be able to actually be an actor in the market to moderate house prices and to ensure the supply when we don't have the okay, resources Colin. available and when the private market doesn't have the resources. We could also take equity stakes in in wind energy companies because at the moment we're depending on international investment to actually develop the wind farm potential we have okay. and if Leo Varadkar is saying this is our moonshot moment then what we need to do is actually be serious about that and use some state resources so, to actually Colin, yeah. develop equity yeah. stakes in those types yeah. of outfits. Uh, yeah, I agree with Chad about our historical record on gutting the capital programme every time the, the squeeze comes on uh, and there's a great big public myth uh, to which uh, uh, various politicians have contributed that in 2010, 11, 12, 13, during that so-called austerity period, that the fiscal adjustment in Ireland was made through huge cuts in current spending and all the rest of it. Uh, that is not true. Uh, current spending went up, as it invariably does when the economy takes a nosedive. Uh, there were very few economies in current spending. There were increases in taxes and the public capital program got gutted, and people don't understand the, the, the extent to which that happened. It went from, from memory, about 10 billion uh, in, in government capital formation in 2008 to four, uh, three or four years later, and it's now back up to 10. 12 this year, yeah. Well, it's supposed to, it was 10 last year, and it's supposed to be uh, uh, 12 this year, we'll see. Uh, there, are, there are difficulties in spending some of the so money. So then do you now. keep cash for what Jed is talking about? So that Sorry? when the downturn comes that you've got the money to yeah, I, I, reinforce I, I, a capital yeah, programme. Yeah, I'll tell you what the, the textbook prescription is. The textbook prescription is to have a good, well-chosen and steady capital programme through thick and thin to give a degree of stability to arrogant demand. In an economy that is very volatile anyway, as we know, it's a very small country, it, it's very exposed to international trade, you have a run of good luck, then you have a run of bad luck, uh, and it would be nice if there was a bulwark there of a steady, perhaps not wildly ambitious, but a steady capital program uh, and public finances that will be able to afford yeah. it. But do you when you need it but, yeah. but when but the column gets tough? You, and we've you, never achieved that. Do, do you yet. put money aside Correct. for it? We've never achieved that. Do you that. put money aside for that, or do so you say, we well, current spending has got to go up with social welfare payments and so on, with unemployment, which will rise yeah, in a downturn. Yeah. So your only other option is raise taxes from those who are able to pay yeah, the taxes, yeah, yeah. Uh, or do you keep this money? in the bank, as it were, to pay for that continuing capital you, program when you're in trouble. Okay, you preserve the capacity of the state to finance itself. 
That's, that is an absolutely key strategic objective in a country like this. We don't have an exchange rate. Uh, uh, we can't control interest rates. Uh, we can be denied liquidity by the European Central Bank, as we were by Trichet and his colleagues back, back in uh, 2010, 11, 12. So you preserve the capacity of the state to finance itself. And the way to do that is by not trying to buy elections by dishing out money on the way into the polling station. Jet, that's what anything that uh, will be offered in terms of a bit of this and a bit of that and a bit of the other out of this nest egg, which it looks like is going to accumulate over the next five years. Mm. There'll be people who want to, to spend it on goodies. Well, well, actually, I think there's, there's an interesting argument and maybe it's a faux argument going on in government at the moment. And I think uh, probably the Taoiseach has cotton on to the fact that um, the outfit that torched the country uh, back into the 2000s uh, and we spent years cleaning up the mess uh, are now uh, uh, responsible for the Department of Finance again and I think Minister McGrath is trying to be uber cautious uh, over the next period of time to kind of burnish Fianna Fáil's credentials again as a as a, uh, a guardian of the um, public resources uh, and I understand when people are listening to this debate this discussion this morning they're saying look you know these are astronomical figures in, in, a, in, a, in a normal sort of human context and figures that we're not used to considering in an Irish context. And there are people listening this morning who find it difficult to house themselves. There are people who find it difficult a hospital bed. I mean, we need four to 5,000 new hospital beds over the next 20 years in this country to reach the EU average and looking at the ageing population we have. We need that. We need 50,000 new housing units a year. That's, that's very, very clear. I mean, the housing uh, ambitions need to be reviewed in the context of what we know from the CSO data. We could have told the Taoiseach that a couple of years yeah, ago. But, but if we're um, out the door, so, every builder's out the door with work. How do we accelerate a program? Uh, I I just don't get it. Uh, there is, by the way, an argument. It's not a long term solution. You know, we've about half the number of construction workers in the economy than we had uh, fifteen years ago, and we know the reasons for that. And the idea that we're talking about, for example, about a a national housing corporation at the kind of next generation of commercial semi states. I mean, the, the the idea of commercial semi state could be served Ireland really, really well back in the twenties and thirties when we were establishing the state. Uh, and I think we need to look at next generation. Like, you know, we need a kind of a board for, for wind energy, you know, to state, as I said earlier on, taking some interest actually in these companies, taking an equity stake, taxing obviously the resource that's generated then as well. But looking at the day, for example, of a national housing company, one of the problems we have that, and it goes back to the boom and bust in our experience, our whole history has been tarnished by boom and bust in those cycles. You know, when the resources aren't available, when the construction workers aren't available, we're not building the houses. So the state could actually intervene in a focused and, and defined fashion with the establishment, for example, of a national housing uh, company, with the skills that are required. So people, for example, would be hired as civil and public servants. I mean, Eamon Ryan is talking about a deficiency of about 30,000 civil and public servants just to meet current demand in terms of how we need to reshape this society and economy to meet the demands that we have in the future. They're the kind of discussions we need to be be having and be responsible about it too. And I think actually this is a responsible discussion. We're taking a responsible perspective on this. Yeah. Uh, To to be clear about... um, having a state agency to go off and build houses. We have 31 of them. They're called local authorities. That don't have the scale. Th- there are 31 local authorities, and some of them are quite big. Uh, they have been singularly compromised in, in, in trying to get out there and build more local authority housing. Until just recently, the government was selling local authority houses at a discount to sitting tenants. So not merely was there not enough water in the bucket, there was a hole in the bucket and the total number of local authority units available actually fell 
now, no, nobody wants to face the music and, and, and do the numbers on these things. I don't think we need a 30-second uh, state agency to go off and not build houses. What we need to do is look at the planning system. There's one local authority out in the southwest of the city, West Dublin Council, whatever it's called, uh, who okayed a building, a, a building project for council houses, and it was opposed by all the local TDs on behalf of the NIMBY residents associations, including uh, uh, parties on the political left whose hearts bleed more rapidly for generation rent than anybody else's hearts. So that there's a dilemma at the heart of, of, of housing policy here, and it's local authorities. They are the gatekeepers on land use planning. They are captured by the NIMBY residents associations, and they will not either develop housing themselves, no, nor will they let other people go off and do it. And, and, and people go on. Colm's not wrong. I'm browned off, Jed, listening to uh, people whinging about the market doesn't work. Of course the market doesn't work if it's not let. It used to work, though. Yeah, well, we had a... The, the, suburbs, the suburbs of Dublin, before we got caught in this uh, NIMBY planning process, the suburbs of Dublin, when I was a kid, were built at affordable prices uh, by private sector builders in competition. And, and then we decided we're going to plan and we're going to have the local authorities as gatekeepers for land use planning. And we've ended up with the city of Dublin has disappeared off to Mullingar and that long. And, and, and they're, they're, it's a they're, disaster. And they're the good houses that a factory worker or a, a, a baker like my parents could, could buy in the early 1970s and, and where their family. Colm's not wrong yeah, the, in relation yeah, that to... that was a market-driven private sector... It, it absolutely uh, was, and, uh, and, uh, it, and it worked. And, and as well at the time, I mean, we built a record number of local authority houses in the year that I was born, in 1975. So there was sufficient demand, but, you know, yeah. demand was met on the local That's authority right. and on, on, and on the private Jimmy Tully was the minister for local government. That's that right. Time. He's now represent part of the area that Jimmy Tully himself represented yeah. on behalf of the Labour Party for many, many years. But the, the point could be well made as well that, you know, the local authorities in about 20 years ago now, um, thanks to Fianna Fáil, uh, got out of the business of actually building local authority homes. And what happened then was we essentially farmed that out, subcontracted it out to the private sector and indeed approved housing bodies as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the There isn't a sufficiency of staff and skills and expertise in the local authorities at the moment, despite, by the way, the best efforts made by uh, Brendan Hill and Alec Kelly back in 2015 to resource them with more engineers, architects, planners and so on to do this. Um, so... I think in the same way that there was an argument for developing, and this is not disrespecting the function and the role of local authorities, there was an argument for developing a single national water utility in a country that famously, as we always say, is about the size of Greater Manchester and growing. There's also, I think, an argument to develop a national state enterprise that would build homes. A comment from a listener, set up a state house building company and the people who need the housing will be 25 years older by the time anything happens. Houses of multiple occupation and immediate building incentive need to happen. We can't waste time talking nonsense. In summary though, uh, Colm, you're saying reduce the national debt with this uh, temporary windfall. Yeah, yeah. If if the uh, surplus coming from this p- p- perhaps temporary corporation tax uh, inflow, uh, if it persists for a few years, let's get the, the, the debt down, the net debt down, cut out this uh, uh, affected uh, cardiology about pretending to be Norway uh, and ensure that when trouble strikes next time, the state balance sheet is strong enough to preserve the capacity of the government to borrow. 
All right, and finally from you, Jed. I'd say use a portion of it to maybe create what we might describe as a supercharged ISAF um, to invest the money, not just keep it on deposit, to invest the money to get a decent return, as ISAF has done since uh, 2014. It's a modest enough, and it doesn't overstate its own significance in terms of international markets, but it's a modest um, fund, uh, one that works quite well, and I think that's something that we we should look at um, as we face into an uncertain Mm. future. Jed Nash, uh, TD, Labour TD, thank you very much for joining us, economist Colin McCarthy. Thank you also. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.